come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. I'm messing with you. Now say it again. No. Say that you're sorry. I'm sorry. Now, just before we get started on this episode, we've got a big announcement. Our very own tea bag was accepted to O.J. Simpson's alma mater of USC for his master's program. How about a round of applause for old tea bag? Thanks, assholes. Shout out to the Trojans. Hey, fight on, baby. <clears throat> Funny story about Trojans. Uh, if my dad had worn said name brand condom when he first met my mother... I probably would not be here having this discussion with you guys today. Well, shout out to Blitz and 69 for raw dogging it. We appreciate it, man. Yes, thank you, Dennis, for leaving that condom in the drawer. (laughs) (laughs) He probably didn't even have one at the time. Or, you know, there's the whole uh, abstinence thing, because my dad, you know, had he been a huge video game nerd in the late 80s, probably would not have landed my mom either. Which brings us into tonight's content. Right? And just what might that be? What are we going to be talking about tonight? Just what could it be? Tell us, T-Bag. <laughs> Tonight's episode is all about Metroid. And once again, it's the podcast from outer space with your boy Rob Scott, Adam Narlock, a.k.a. T-Bag. Hey, guys. AKA for listening. newest member of USC. Fight Run- on, baby. The running back. <laughs> and we got Ryan Scott, too. Hello, everybody. Now, tonight, as Adam mentioned, so it's no secret over here at Podcast from Outer Space that we like to try new things. And tonight is one of those nights. We are trying out. Now, I will be honest. I am not a big video game guy. I play, you know, I played Tony Hawk growing up. I played some Game Boy games, but I was never a huge, huge video game nerd, so to speak. But Teabag over here... He is probably the biggest game nerd out of us, I would say. I would think so. And so, you know, we wanted to try dip our toes in the world of video games. That's big in sci-fi, we figure. And um, what's a better video game to cover than Metroid, you know? Aliens, fucking eating people. And, you know, one of the biggest jaw-dropping reveals of video game history. And one of the... Most progressive, I'd say, mm. video games oh, ahead of its in time. its heyday, ahead of its time. So, Ryan, I know you and I had our uh, gr- not rock band, uh, punk band, guitar hero. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking video games tonight, buddy. Um, we had our guitar hero heyday, and we, I think, we played the Wii a lot growing up. Right? <laughs> Where's golf? the shock class, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> Wii was a big part of video game. I remember playing Call of Duty online on the Wii every single day with Jed Groom. Shout out to Jed Groom when I would get home from classes at community college. Jed Groom, who will be joining us for a guest feature up here in the near future? Yes, probably Ooh, in the in near May. future. And But as far as growing up playing video games, I do remember... This is where we're going, right? This is where we're going. So I remember... My earliest memories were of getting an N64, mm. year it came out, what, 94, I believe, or 96? I think it was 96. I remember getting that the year it came out, and we had two games, Tony Hawk and GoldenEye. GoldenEye, Classic. fuck yeah, dude. And we only had those two games for a long time because moms couldn't afford it. 
And she said, you know, we'll get you each a game to play. And then I remember renting games, but yeah, games were expensive oh, yeah, at, in their time. I remember Still games are. being Still like 20, are. well, they were used to be 20 bucks and that was expensive. Now it's like now it's freaking like 80 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember crazy, this dude. console. And you got to download stuff, additional content. Yeah, the, the uh, N64 retailed originally for like 56 bucks or something, right? Search me. What about you? Well, how about Rob? This guy sucks at NHL. <sighs> That's false. <laughs> what about your experience with video games, bud? I think the first game I ever remember playing is I was at my friend's house and he had just gotten N64, had the Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the first game I remember playing, but definitely the first time that I had our, our own video games was GoldenEye all the way, dude. Mm. Which is weird because I'm not really a fan of first-person shooter games. Which we'll get to later in the outline. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> But I did briefly get into, because of Roman, the God of War for PS2. Okay, good game, good game. Super Nintendo, I believe Rob <laughs> This guy just said that. he doesn't like first-person shooters, played Call of Duty every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's not really my thing, though. <laughs> yeah, but it was different on the Wii. I, re I really didn't like it. And uh, I remember Super Nintendo. I think Rob bought one at a flea market. Yeah, that's true. But this was like pff, high school, maybe. And playing Wayne's World like every single day. What about PC games? Were you guys big into those? Dave Mira. <laughs> <laughs> you, that was on PC? Yeah, yeah we had that. And in Indiana Jones. That's bad. That was pre. That was like Nintendo when you still had dial up though. internet. Right, right. I remember playing it and someone would get on the phone and he'd be like, There's your I'm, game. On, yeah, <laughs> I'm playing Dave Mira. Fuck <laughs> off. And uh, actually, one game my dad actually. had. Shout I'd, out to Dave Mira. Yeah. Yeah. Pour one out for Dave Mira. Uh, but I do remember um, my earliest video game memory. I will actually take it back. It was not N64. It was my dad had on his PC his big old <laughs> computer. Yeah, floppy disks. Commander Keen. You ever played it? Never heard of actually, it. Actually similar to Metroid, how it's a scrolling okay. game. And like Wayne's World on Super Nintendo. And it's just this like kid going on. It's just going through a maze like Super Mario or any other, uh, what's that called? Side scroll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like that. Played Civilization because uh, my dad, <laughs> I remember 95, dude, like the whole internet dial-up thing was going on. And my dad was like, hey, check this out. I'm playing online games with people around the world. And it turns out he's playing against our neighbor. <laughs> like, you made it super far, dad. Their wall touches ours, so. But, I mean, yeah, that's crazy, dude. They play, like, Warcraft, Civilization. That's just PC, man. I grew up on video games, so. Are we counting Oregon Trail? Mm. Oh, yeah. Because I did play that growing nice. up in school. In elementary school, I think, is when that started. Oh, yeah. Was that one of those educational ones? Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Where you have to, like, go on the Frontier Trail across America. Yeah, I remember those. And not die of, like, syphilis or something. Yes, I'm sure they talked about syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> the seven-year-old. Dysentery. <laughs> All right, but if you guys had to nail like one game or one franchise, one series as your favorite, could you name one? Do you have one? I mean, I know you're not going to agree with this. I know you don't like it, but Mortal Kombat. Greatest game of all mm. time. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. I, I disagree. It is a very good game, <laughs> but I think Donkey Kong is the greatest game of all time. Uh, actually, I think mine would probably have to be Tony Hawk. 
Great. I mean, from everything, everything like the, OG the music, or underground. I mean, any of them, like yeah. the whole franchise. I just remember those were probably the games I played the most growing up. The soundtrack, you know, that's where you get a lot of your early music mm-hmm. influences from. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was one of the first guys to do that, put music to skating. Uh, Dave Mira introduced us all to Sublime. Yes, let's be honest. that's true too. Dave Mira on the PC as well. <laughs> what are you saying, dude? Oh, there's too many to list. <clears throat> Big, big RPG guy. I love a lot of the stuff Nintendo does. Zelda. I uh, recently started getting into like Super Smash Brothers, which is apparently people play this competitively for money. That's, yeah. that's crazy, dude. Now, I'm pulling this up right now, not to cut you off or anything. No, go ahead. Nintendo 64 is actually retailed for $199. US. I was going to say, it's about 200 bucks. Man, I, I got that's one for crazy. My birthday. That was the original price? Yeah. That's wild. I'm telling you, I don't think... 96, games, right? 97 in the U.S. I don't think they were as cheap as you remember them. Like, I remember you had to go to, like, Toys R Us. You had to lift up this flap, bring, like, a coupon to the people up front. And it was expensive, man. Like, I don't know, dude. Which is closing down soon. Did you know that? Pour one out, man. Yep, another pour one out. We need to go cop some Star Wars toys, boys. (laughs) I've already looked. They've been cleaned out. (laughs) Anyways, let's get into this, guys. Talk a little bit about Nintendo, company which brought us Samus and the Metroid universe. Nintendo translates to leave luck to heaven. I found that interesting. Did not know that. Now, what does that mean? I think it sounds like just play, dude. Fuck it. They're saying fuck luck? I mean, make your own damn luck, right? Okay. I like it, dude. You need to be good. You got to have skill to win a game. Yeah, you're right. It's God's plan. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, Nintendo founded by Fusahiro Yamauchi. Sorry, butchered that, man. Don't speak the knees. <clears throat> On September 23rd, 1889, dude, 100 years before I was born. Yeah, now that was a shocker. I would not expect that. See, we're And on. we'll actually do a poll because Nintendo, I'm thinking like early, late 70s, maybe early 80s. Not the, certainly not the 1800s. Right, see? We're, we're just full of information here. We're trying to inform the public. That's our job. That's our mission here. At the podcast from outer space, right? But the company originally produced and marketed a playing card game called Hanafuda. Did you guys look into that at all by chance? Yes, yes. Now, (laughs) I did have to have a gameplay rant here. I was supposed to look this up. I'm going to be honest. I was confused by the whole thing. So it's something about cards with flowers, and you have to get these like certain sets to match up. I was confused by the whole thing, if I'm being honest, and it's probably um, more confusing than the card game Killer Bunnies. Oh, no. <laughs> that just involved a lot of reading. See, my, I, I, I won't lie to you. I was a little confused, too, and maybe someone can correct us. <clears throat> I, my understanding was, like, the game isn't necessarily – it's not necessarily a game. It's like if you went out and bought a deck of cards in America, you just have your 52 cards, and you can play a variety of games. It's got, like, different suits. That, that was my yeah, 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 there's, yeah. So there's like different suits of these flowers that you match up, but each game is like getting points. Like you can play a certain amount of games, like a certain number of games, but the goal of each game is to like get points and you do that by matching certain flowers or something like that. Like go fish or some shit? Uh, I don't know. Go garden, <laughs> apparently. So Yamuchi would produce all the cards by hand by himself. And eventually, the demand for the game became so great, he had to hire some assistants to help with production. 
So business is booming. Things are going about as well as they could for a guy getting paid to make games with his buddies. Like that's a dream yeah. right there. And uh, and the, here's my thing. I'm thinking that a, a lot of the greatest stuff gaming wise comes from uh, Asia, China. You know, Japanese. Um, you got Dominoes. You ever read like the the creation of Dominoes? I need to play more Dominoes. Man, those guys were crazy coming up with this stuff a lot of dice games probably even the dice themselves Mm. um did they invent magic the gathering no they actually invented magic (laughs) 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 um i is magic a japanese game I think it's made by wizards of the coast and that i mean they had pokemon for a while i don't know if that's japanese or not but we'll get to the bottom of this yep Oh, Hasbro, so U.S. Lame. You know, I actually came across something when I was doing some research last night. <laughs> Said that in ancient Chinese culture, whenever uh, the like leaders got together to talk about something, they would discuss it first sober, and then they would just get shit-faced drunk and discuss it again, and then it would only pass if everyone agreed on it sober and drunk. Unbelievable what this guy... That's crack research right there, bud. Yeah, that's down the rabbit hole research. <laughs> Pretty um, interesting, though, right? I like it. Hey, I learned something today. That's good. That's a new uh, technique for us to take in. <laughs> <laughs> Just start getting drunk and discuss new topics for the podcast? Yes. Do it, record once sober and then record it again drunk? Mm-hmm. Maybe, man. If it sounds good both ways, we'll put it out. <laughs> That's going to be our new bonus content. You get a drunk go. podcast. Anyways, back on topic, we fast forward 67 years to 1956 when Yamuchi's grandson, Hiroshi, comes stateside for a visit and begins to talk with the leading playing card company in the U.S., the United States Playing Card Company. Now, that's really the name? I swear to God. (laughs) How original. I, Uh, I, yeah. Weren't very creative in the 50s. <laughs> 56, they were not that creative. I mean, they probably just had the whole market. Think about it. The cars they were making were insane, but the names they were coming up with, not that creative. Right? I mean, who who makes cards now? Bicycle? Bicycle. There's, I feel like there's Pro- not Procter & Gamble. Um, I feel like there's maybe like one or two other companies. Maybe. Oh, Caesars Palace. <laughs> <laughs> That's Caesar not a company. here? <laughs> Anyways, so Hiroshi's talking with these guys, and he basically learns that the playing card business is a dead end and is like, well, boys, it's over. (laughs) So Hiroshi goes back, tells his grandfather, like, yo, this is going nowhere. Nintendo decides to branch out and try their luck in a taxi company, a TV station, instant rice. Now, have you ever had instant rice? I have. I love rice. I love instant rice. I don't see why they couldn't have. What what happened where they failed at that? I think the fact that they were probably doing it in Japan. Mm. You could probably just get rice everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nintendo even had a, and I quote here, love hotel chain. Now, this was in Japan as well? I'm hoping. I okay. think they still have those in Japan. I hope they, so. Yes, I don't they know do. if Nintendo's running the culture. <laughs> But uh, after all these failed ventures, the Nintendo company was left with a grand total of 60 yen in stock, which is equal to about 57 cents here in the U.S. today. Mm. Now, what was that in 56, though? You're an asshole. (laughs) Edit that out. (laughs) So the company continued to flounder for a few years until the 1970s when it started to take the shape of the Nintendo we know and love today. 
So they survived for approximately 20 years with 57 cents in their stocks. Hey, man. What the fuck were they doing? Well, I'm just saying, maybe these were their ventures during those (laughs) 20 years. Love Hotel and Instant Rice hasn't really been working (laughs) out for them. Let's go back to the basics, boys. So it was probably about uh, six bucks. Back then? Yeah. Thank you. Crack research. Six bucks. Last you 20 years in Japan, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, in the 1970s, Nintendo developed this newfangled light gun technology, which I think probably influenced the OG Nintendo Zapper. You guys remember that? Uh, like Duck the- Hunt. Duck Hunt, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love Hogan's it. Love Alley. that stuff. Very yeah. fun. Real fun. Real fun. <laughs> <laughs> and they used this technology to create a series of laser clay shooting systems. I'm thinking like... Laser tag skeet shooting or something? I yeah. Now what? Now I'm I'm assuming that's like duck hunt because it's like stuff on the wall and you shoot. shoot it. That so makes it's sense. Just like clay. Kind of like the uh, smart house video game system. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, they so they would set these systems up in abandoned bowling alleys, and they were kind of the precursor to the whole arcade scene, which was prevalent over the next decade or so. And this was in in Japan? This was in Japan. Only in Japan. They didn't have this in the U.S. yet? No, sir, they did not. <laughs> but naturally, I mean, Nintendo wants to get in on this arcade scene, too. Who wouldn't at that time? That's where yeah. the money's at. Quarters for days, right? You can get rich quick that way. And, I mean, it's no secret these guys love games. And, yeah, so they started developing games in the late 70s, and, of course... In 81, you know, arcade release of the classic Donkey Kong. Stolen from Marion C. Cooper. Do you got more on that? Because I, I was kind of intrigued by that. Now, I don't think, well, Rob was the one doing all our legal research, mm. but <laughs> I think it was like he was saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, he didn't like the idea of Donkey Kong because Kong you know, mm. the names in it, and it was kind of a ripoff. But, Shout out last episode. But, you know, it wasn't also really... Hank Gorilla. Yeah, it wasn't really anything he could do about it. He was like, ah, whatever. But he didn't like the idea of it. And if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, go back and listen to last week's episode all about King Kong. Nintendo also began to see a huge boost in profits and success with the release of home gaming systems, the Famicom, as it was called in Japan, and the Nintendo Entertainment System, as we came to know and love here in the U.S. in 1983 and 1985, respectively. And the rest, as they say, is history, boys. Which brings us to the main topic of tonight's episode, Metroid. And getting right into this week's Breakdown. So, Metroid was originally released in August of 1986, and it follows a space-faring bounty hunter named Samus Aran. Samus? (laughs) (laughs) That's Samus. I was just trying to make it sound funnier than it is. Sorry. I actually pronounce Samus. <laughs> A lot of people don't know that. They think it's Samus. <laughs> who protects the galaxy from space pirates who attempt to harness the power of parasitic creatures known as Metroids. Now, see, just hearing Bounty Hunter to me, and I, I automatically associate that with Boba Fett, and I'm thinking, boom, this game is badass already, before I've even picked it up. Now, you don't associate that with the older Django, Fett? Ooh. 
Or maybe you want to get a tattoo now, of it. What's really got me intrigued is these space pirates. Not like the old yo ho yo ho parts life for me pirates. But similar? Maybe. <laughs> and according to uh, we'll get into that later. Space boobs. We'll get to that later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. But Metroid combines the platforming of Super Mario Brothers Great game. with the adventure of Zelda. Another which is also a pretty good game. Not as good as Mortal Kombat, but still a good game. <laughs> but what really intrigued us about this one is the science fiction atmosphere. And, you know, it has a greater emphasis of a nonlinear gameplay. Video game nerds out there. We'll get to that in a minute. Now, do we want to get into a few of these uh, main characters over here of the game? We could do that just, you know, so we're not just arbitrarily throwing names out there to the people. Yes. Samus. No, yeah. Adam, you want, to, you want to tell us about a little bit more about Samus? <laughs> I think that's Samus Aran. She, oops, spoiler alert, is the protagonist <laughs> of the series. <laughs> oh, no. You want me to go back? 40 years later. <laughs> Spoiler alert, (laughs) Samus is the protagonist of the series. She is typically depicted in her power suit, which protects her during dangerous encounters in space, and is also equipped with an arm cannon, which shoots various energy beams to deal with her enemies. And now I heard this, I think this was part of the lore. Now, Samus's uh, suit is like an actual living entity, right? I think uh, at some point... It becomes a living entity. When she gets the new one or whatever? She gets like a vaccine. She can absorb stuff. Is that after Dark Samus? I think it's about the same time. Now, I also heard... (laughs) Samus. So, basically, when I was going through the whole lore of this thing and everything, looking at the prequel and all this, um, it's really a lot of just, um, let's put this stuff in space, but everything is organic. Mm. You know? Oh, these... these, um, Chozo just made this organic spaceship. They make this organic space stuff. So they're basically combining high tech with organic. These guys are way ahead of their time. Way ahead. This is some uh, Tesla stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we we're also talking about earlier um, that movie. That movie. With Natalie Portman. Oh, Annihilation. Yeah. We're and we'll get that. to that. Okay. Later. Okay. My fault. My we'll fault. Get to that later I'll probably cut, as long that. As I'll probably cut that. Okay. Just go right into As long as everybody movie. understands, Samus is the main character she's the protagonist of the series okay and we have the titular characters the metroid which is a species of floating parasitic jellyfish like organisms capable of siphoning undetectable life energy from any life form Mm. generally causing the death of the victim in the process now these metroid were originally created to help fight off an invasive species Known as the X parasites. Yes, and this is where we get to that. So, okay, when they uh, <laughs> when they made these parasites, it was like this old race of like uh, aliens known as Chozo, which to me sounded like a Mexican bozo chorizo. the clown. Oh, I'm thinking chorizo. <laughs> I also thought chorizo. Now, uh, these guys are like big bird <laughs> creatures. <Mexican> <laughs> <laughs> These guys were big bird creatures that had all this organic technology. Mm. And they found these like planets of like these disgusting evil species. And the planet was basically one big species. They created these Metroids to fight that. And then eventually the Metroids got harnessed for bad and uh, bad power, you know, bad use, whatever you want to say. 
and um, terrorism, basically. Mm. And um, space pirates. But it uh, reminded me exactly of this new film. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Try, check out Annihilation. Natalie if, Portman. Yes, Natalie okay. Portman. Also, strong. It's all women cast. These women are going mm. into this badass environment. Not going to spoil anything. Check out the movie. Badass reminded me exactly of this whole planet as one organism thing. And that's all we'll say about that. And we'll get to more of that later in on the podcast. <laughs> no, we won't. That's all we'll say. About <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have some more uh, things. Moving on. Ridley, who is also known by his alias as Geoform187 and the cunning god of death. Real douchebag. <laughs> He's one of the main villains of the Metroid series. He is an extraterrestrial dragon. Again, badass. He leads space pirates. A dragon leading space pirates. Dude, you can't make this stuff up. Unless you're making a video oh, game about someone it. Someone did. <laughs> Somebody literally did that exact thing they made it up. <laughs> but yeah, he it's leads- actually based on true events <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> This, this extraterrestrial dragon, space pirate leading extraterrestrial dragon, leads a raid on Samus's homeworld that kills her parents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rodney and Virginia. Honestly, kills the whole planet, if we're being real. Okay, well, that's some Dave Chappelle, Black Bush state right there, but we'll get back to that at another time. <clears throat> um, despite being killed by Samus numerous times... Ridley is also, he's always resurrected, thanks in part to space pirate engineering and his natural regenerative ability, which allows him to swiftly recover from what would otherwise be fatal wounds, as long as he is able to consume enough biomatter from his fallen adversaries. Somewhat of a parasitic Metroid thing going on there? I don't know. But his name, Ridley, comes from the director of a certain movie franchise, which greatly influenced the Metroid series, and I feel like needs to be an episode. Upcoming. Oh, definitely mm. will be, and we'll get to what that series is, if you don't already know, a little later. Finally, the last character we're going to talk about, uh, one of the most prominent antagonists of the Metroid series, and the final boss of the first two Metroid games, is Mother Brain. She takes the form of a large brain that sits within a jar, from which she controls these space pirates on the fictional planet Zebes. While ultimately given this quote-unquote monstrous appearance of a brain in a jar, her original design was akin to something resembling an old lady living in an apartment complex. (laughs) Now, reminds me exactly of the thing from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What was his name? The brain? Oh, man, I know you're talking about it. Yeah. And... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, Also... Influenced heavily by that film series, which we'll talk about. Mm. I was going to say in The Simpsons, there's a video game Bart plays where he's like trying to kill his grandmother. It's crack research. It's dark. It's dark. (laughs) (laughs) So there are currently 13 games in the Metroid series, each focusing on the adventures of Samus Aran or Samus, depending on what part of the country you're from, and her assignments to wipe out threats to the Galactic Federation presented by the aforementioned Space Pirates. Well, as far as, just as far as series goes, there's, like, this stuff, is some of this stuff not canon, or what? Well, there's a few (coughs) games that aren't canon, and we'll get to that. Okay. So, continue. And then, then, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. I'm I'm just going to pick that back up. 
So the main series is comprised of five games plus two enhanced remakes of previously made games to be played on newer systems. And then there's the Prime series, which is really a three-part storyline detailing the events that occur between the first two OG Metroid games. Okay, so are those still, those are canon, right? Yes, these are all canon. I think it's just the Prime series focuses specifically on the events that happen. It just goes into extreme detail. Gotcha. And as we'll talk about, that's where we first really see the switch from a platformer to a first-person shooter. Yep, 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 GameCube. Right? And then there's other installments, these non-canonical stories, if you will, including a pinball game. <laughs> oh, love that one. <laughs> Other than Metroid Super, that's the one I played the most because I had it, I believe. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I somehow had this on my PC. Was that released on a PC? Maybe the emulator? Did you have an emulator on a PC, though? Yeah. Emulator? Maybe. I swear to God I played Metroid, Metroid Prime Pinball on my PC. I mean, the first time I played Super Metroid was on an emulator on my Mac. I don't know, man. Well, maybe. Fond memories. <laughs> and there's also a four-player co-op game. We're not going to be talking about these, but we certainly encourage you guys to check them out. <clears throat> Again, talking about the main series, this begins with the OG Metroid released in 1986 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. It is here we are first introduced to the main characters we briefly discussed and kind of given a feel for how Nintendo wanted us to perceive the franchise going forward. Unlike many other Nintendo offerings, which, I mean, honestly, people kind of label them, write them off as childish or cartoonish when compared to things put out by Sony and Microsoft, the atmosphere of Metroid is often described as foreboding. Okay, what's that mean? <laughs> I know this. <laughs> That's, that, that was the word. Okay. You, did you copy that? Well, yes, but I know what the word foreboding means. All right, what's it mean? It means like you're you're approaching something like fearfully, you're apprehensive. Oh, like, okay, okay. You kind of got like a bad. Yeah, like I got you, a bad you feeling play, about yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> when you're playing, like I will plug in the OG Metroid a little bit later, and you'll be like, "Oh shit, dude!" Like, yeah, yeah. Around every corner, you're not sure what's gonna happen. Yeah, they said. Um, well, have you got um, that next line in here about them discovering a living organism? Right, like that, like, like creators. While you're playing, they want you to feel like you're just, like you said, you're discovering a living organism. And especially the music. I I was mm-hmm. reading this thing. The guy who did the music, um, his name was Hirokatsu Tanaka. He, when he was composing the music for Metroid, was saying like he wanted this to feel like you were like ominous. You were isolated in a strange place. You didn't know where you were. I mean, just. Like, very menacing, you know? You know ominous, but you don't know foreboding. Hey, you learn <laughs> something new every day. No, but that's like a, when you play the game, like, you kind of hear that music in the background, but you're not sure if it's a sound effect or if it's music. Yeah. So you're like, oh, shit, man. Like, Maybe yeah. there's an alarm on your phone that's going off at the same time it's dying. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Unbelievable. <laughs> But yeah, so the creators really want to emphasize the creativity and flexibility that comes with nonlinear gameplay. Meaning, again, for non-video game guys like yourselves, like there's no right or wrong way to or correct order to beat yeah, this game. Not so. like a story game. I mean, yes. Well, I mean, not like you have to. There's only one way to beat it. Right, right. Like here, as long as you end up defeating the mother brain and escaping from the planet Zebes, you're good. 
So there's no right or wrong way to beat the game. Like some people speed run the game and they try to beat it as fast as possible by, you know, not going to step A, B, C all the way through Z. They might start at A, go to K, jump it to P and then end up at Z. Like there's no right or wrong way. And the faster you finish the game changes the outcome that you get. And there are certain quote unquote rewards, which we'll get to later. Then we jump into Super, or sorry, Metroid 2, which was released in 1991 on the Game Boy and oh, Super yeah. Metroid. Oh, yeah. Loved the all the Game Boy scrolling games. Now, I had a Game Boy and I had a Game Boy Advance. What was the one that folded like a laptop? Game Boy Advance? Yeah. yeah what? No, no. SP? DS? No, the Advance did the original. You're right. The yeah, original, so yeah, I had the Advance. Metal Slug 4 Ooh. and Wolfenstein were the two games played the most on that. Wolfenstein, isn't that a first-person shooter? Um, I don't know. Did you ever see any sand slugs in that game? <laughs> no. Sand slug 4. <laughs> and on our original Game Boy Black and White, I remember on car trips, me and Rob had to share because, again, moms could only afford one. And we had Super Mario Brothers. Oh, easily one of my favorites for Game Boy. Don't want every which, time you die, you have to give it to the other person. Yeah, that yeah, was our yeah. Role. That was our rule. There you go, man. That's how my sister and I approached Zelda. But yeah, Super Metroid, like we talked about, one of my favorite Metroid games. <clears throat> you know, these both of these games send Samus back on her Metroid mashing ways, but emphasize the relationship between our protagonist and an infant Metroid hatchling who mistakes mm. Samus to be its mother. And again. Had we not known about Samus being a female, this would be a little bit more interesting. Yes. Yes. Well, we're not going to assume genders. No, no, not in this day. <laughs> but uh, you honestly, can't you can't? Um, IGN declared Super Metroid as one of the greatest games of all time. So, if you haven't played it before, get your hands on a copy. Uh, IGN, what's that stand for? Stands for do some research and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got to be gaming something. I remember always getting IGN magazines when I was a kid. It's just like a gaming. Oh, imagine Games Network. I knew there was games in there. So Super Metroid released in 94, and then eight years later, we get the next Metroid game. Uh, that was for the Game Boy Advance we talked about, Metroid mm-hmm. Fusion. <clears throat> Before we get to the Game Boy Advance version, I think it's a bummer that I mean, eight years, no oh, no, yep. Metroid game on the Nintendo 64, even though you fuckers try to tell me that there is one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. And uh, here's what I'm saying is that, so I think the whole Metroid franchise, I was reading a lot about it, like articles on like it's, uh, this is like revered as one of the greatest like gaming franchises, mm-hmm. you would say. But, you know, commercially, it never really did that well. And a lot of what they chalk it up to is just like bad luck because when Super Metroid came out, I mean, that's one of the highest rated Metroid releases. It's one of the highest games of all time. One of the yeah. greatest games of all time. And that game. almost didn't even get made by R&D1 at Nintendo. It got pushed back a bunch of times because the first one didn't really sell well in mm. Japan. And, and I'm sure we'll get to that later, but, um, and Super Metroid, um, it was not released until very late in the whole Super Nintendo lifespan. So, you know, they had already announced N64 was coming out. So they were like, just barely released Super Nintendo right before the N64 came out. So everyone was like, well, I'm not going to fucking invest in this when 
I've got to save up for the N64, you know? $200. That's crazy, dude. Well, maybe they need to take it back to the beginning and leave luck to heaven. But I think, you know, can you imagine if they had just saved, if they had not released Super Metroid on um, Super Nintendo Nintendo and saved it for N64? Well, see, that that was the issue. Nintendo claimed they could not come up with any concrete ideas for a story. And they couldn't imagine how to make Samus move around with a Nintendo 64 controller. Like, that blows my mind, man. They, they could have bumped Super, Super yeah. Metroid. Ah, okay, I see. Like, it. I'm, it, well, imagine, though, if they... Well, because they had to work on Super Metroid. Like, they worked on that under wraps from the head Nintendo execs for years. Mm. It was like freaking Eternal Death Slayer and Grandma's Boy. Like, they were just working on that in their own free time. And then they finally were like, okay, they got the approval from the suits you know, the suits in Tokyo, and they were like, okay, um, yeah, now we'll start making it. So imagine if they had just not worked on that at all and come up with like a GoldenEye gameplay, but Ooh. it was Metroid on the N64. That could have been cool. Yep, first-person shooter. Anyways, Metroid Fusion, Samus is infected by a creature known as the X-Parasite, which the Metroid were initially created to destroy. Doctors have to create a vaccine, but this vaccine comes up with a side effect, allowing Samus and her suit to absorb other ex-parasites, and she can g- gain different power-ups in energy and weapons, hence fusion. <clears throat> One of the parasites occupies Samus's old suit and begins rapidly breeding new ex-parasites. So Samus is trying to deal with this shit, and then she also discovers that the government, Department of Energy, Space Federation has a secret Metroid breeding program of their own. So this is just absolute chaos going on in poor in Samus's, Samus's world. Life, yeah. You know? A lot of organic stuff happening here, folks. <laughs> Especially during this episode. So the final installment of the main series was, interestingly enough, released eight years later again in 2010. Metroid, other M... Now, you've played this? I have not. Interestingly enough, that's eight years old. Now, what system was this released on? I believe... It's called Do Some Fucking Reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I heard a lot that this was... or Yeah, what system? 2010, that's got to be Wii. Wii, let's go Wii. Okay. So, I heard a lot of fans just hated this one. This was one of the worst ones. And they made Samus out to be some fucking schoolgirl bitch in, <laughs> in the story, right? Yeah, it's pretty pretty drab. But, I mean, it does deal with androids and artificial intelligence, oh, which... A lot of robots. You know, something we've discussed here on the podcast from Outer Space. Encourage you to check that out if you haven't already. Metroid yep. Other M is an action-adventure video game developed collaboratively with Team Ninja and Nintendo, with the latter also publishing it for the Wii video game console. Which is what he said. That man just said that. He said, I'm guessing Wii. It doesn't said, say we'll anywhere on here. Wii. We'll go with Wii. Thanks, Legal Rob. Also, fun side note, uh, check out our episode on Godzilla, Gajira, which is where the noises made in Super Metroid by the bosses are sampled from. Really? Oh, yeah. And those are from, you can hear about it on the episode of Godzilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now... <laughs> God. Now, so are we going to get into the Prime Trilogy Let's at all? Let's not get into the okay. Prime Trilogy yeah. tonight, but uh, it's important to note that these games were the first Metroid games to use 3D graphics, and they break the platforming mold we were used to in the previous Metroid games. 
as we are given a first-person shooter perspective, or first-person adventure, as Nintendo so eloquently puts it, for the first time. Now, I do remember this one, and I remember when this came out, because, again, didn't never had a GameCube. Mm, Did you? Neither. No. Now, Mom's couldn't afford it. And um, the, game, the GameCube, though, I always wanted, because my friend had one. They right. looked badass. There were cool games on it, like Kelly Slater Surfing and shit that you couldn't get on other consoles. New Super Smash Brothers. And... Um, I remember going over to my buddy Cody's house and he, he, you know, he was always one of those kids like, check out my new game. Shout out Sea Dog. He was always playing that game. So I definitely remember that. I remember watching him play that game for hours, rolling around that little ball, shooting stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) Overall, the Metroid series has been well received by critics with IGN. Again, we don't know what that stands for. Imagine Gaming Network. Yeah, something games. Something like that. Declaring it the eighth best video game franchise ever, which... Really? What do they have as number one? Did you, you know, I didn't catch that? I didn't even okay. bother looking it up. I, but, I mean, I was trying to think of franchises. I got, like, Final Fantasy. Probably. Uh, That's got to be up there. Debatable. Probably your Call of Duty's got to be up there. Really? I, dude, I don't know, man. Mario. You think? I mean, that's a franchise. All a lot time? Of successful games. I don't know. That's... I don't know, man. Keep discussing. I'll look it up. Anyway, yeah, and Electronic Gaming Monthly called Super Metroid the best game ever. And if you do your research, it has a 95% overall rating, while Metroid Prime, interestingly enough, went on to receive a 96% review score when it was released. But apparently everybody's hating on the Prime series, so I don't know, man. Um, Every game released before 2005 has made it to some kind of quote-unquote best games list. And if you've played any of these games, like it would be hard to argue that. They're all great. And the, se- the success with fans has also brought about commercial success, with over 17 million games from the series being sold by 2012. Super Metroid, Metroid Fusion, Metroid Prime, and Metroid Prime 3 Corruption have each sold over 1 million copies by themselves. And now you think about it. like If the average video game we're talking about this costs about $40, give or take, and you're talking about Nintendo pulling in an easy $680 million or a cool $22.6 million a year off the Metroid series alone since its inception back in 86. They come a long way from the playing card days, boys. <laughs> okay, so the numbers are in. Okay. Now, this is IGN top 25 video game franchises list. Did what you find you, out what IGN stands for? What do you have as number one? Yeah, International Gaming Network. Number one? Yeah. Donkey Kong? I'm a Luigi number one. Mario. Uh, Mario Kart? No, just Mario's just Mario franchise. <laughs> oh, there's uh, a lot of two, Mario games. Legend of Zelda. Yep. Three, Final Fantasy. Mm. Four, Castlevania. Really? Wow. And this fi- is just Nintendo? Or? And five is Metal Gear Solid. I think this is ever. Hmm. I don't know which list you pulled the yeah, number eight from. I'm pretty sure Metal Gear Solid was for PlayStation. No, it's right on Nintendo. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? That's good stuff, man. Well, interestingly enough, we talked about this a little bit, Metroid sales have been considerably lower in Japan, especially the first two installments of the Metroid Prime series. One theory for this is that apparently Japanese gamers rarely like first-person shooters because they tend to cause motion sickness, 
Now, that bit of information was taken from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. But that was from a legitimate article. I went to, because after I read through this, I went to the Wikipedia, went to the article they took it from, and it was like some study could be taken with a grain of salt. But, you know, I am with the Japanese. Not so much that I get motion sickness when I play first-person shooters, because as we said, I mean, Wolfenstein, Call of Duty, Goldeneye. Love those, but I was just never a big fan because I got, mm. I'd start getting mm. attacked and I'd actually get scared and put the controller down and run the other room. Wow. Think I was getting shot at. Did Does that ever happen? I know. That's interesting, man. But, anyways, uh, in June 2017, Nintendo announced a remake of Metroid 2 Return of Samus for the Nintendo 3DS. That's the uh, Game Boy game re released on the 3DS, which was released in September last year. And that Metroid Prime 4 is in the works for the Nintendo Switch, which I need to get my hands on. Now, will that be, do you think, Nintendo Switch, that's going to be obsolete in like a year? You think so? When did it come out? It's a couple years old now. But, but dude, have you played a Switch? No, but I've heard they're awesome. They're pretty, yeah, it's pretty badass. I just don't think I have $450 to throw down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, games I like They're getting expensive. And again, mom can't afford it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford it. I, I just think the Switch is cool because you got like a home console and you also got the portable one, like all yeah. in one. It was yeah, pretty badass. neat, man. But uh, it will definitely be interesting to see what the newest offerings have in store for our beloved Samus. Um, <laughs> as our good friend Mad Max might predict. Some good things, maybe some bad things maybe in some store. Bad things. <laughs> now, what can we say about this uh, Samus character? Because obviously this is groundbreaking stuff we're talking about, right? So hot. Want to touch the Heidi. <laughs> so, you know, Adam's a little late here. Women's Day was last month, if I remember Women's correctly. Day? Yeah, isn't it Didn't they have a Day? whole month? No, they had a day. That was a whole month. You're thinking of Black History Month. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They had a day, right? No, I think you're right. I don't know, man. I've seen stuff on Bumble. Like, I think you're right. Okay, well, we're going to give a big old shout out to (laughs) Samus. Seen stuff on Bumble. Yes, it says there was a day where, like, if you swipe right, or for every conversation women initiated, they would, like, donate money to Women's Day causes. Oh. Nice. Hey. I like that. Did Bumble you initiate some part. conversations? No, women have to initiate you. So, <laughs> that's the joke. That's the whole joke. All right. So let's keep going with this Samus character. Well, like you said, what's cool about Metroid is that it's one of the first games with a female protagonist. And this is in 86. Think about that, guys. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. I mean, this was when freaking Mad Max was playing with the goddamn uh, Stranger big, Things big kids. Doug. Yeah. But yeah, so supposedly halfway through development of the OG Metroid game, one of the staff members said to everybody else, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool if it turned out that this person inside the suit was a woman? And everyone was kind of like, yeah, that'd be cool. They jumped on board and, and it passed. So like we said, and, and you know, and me personally, in my humble opinion, this was a very gutsy move. Because if you think about, and I hate to stereotype, but if you think about the general video game population, in the 80s, or at least was portrayed to us, I highly doubt nerdy young men like want to play as a female character, albeit a mm-hmm. badass one mm-hmm. in this instance. I mean, I think it's more accepted now. Like, but uh, back then, you think if they marketed it as, hey, this is a chick, 
No one, everyone be like, uh, kids wouldn't want to play. I'm thinking that, like, if so, yeah. like, if the poster is like Samus without her helmet, yeah, long yeah. flowing blonde hair, people be like, nah, pass, hard pass. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I think it's a gold jacket, green jacket. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I respect that. I was actually reading the original instruction manual. I'll put the link in the description. Very um, cool. For you nerds out there. And, it actually, you know, just like you've got here, it never even refers to Samus as a she. You know, it, it keeps it very... Discreet. Yes, very... Discreet. Uh, ambiguous, if you will. <laughs> That's probably good. <laughs> and, uh, so you never know until that, boom, end of the game reveal. This is coming from the guy that always picks a chick in Mortal Kombat because he thought they were hot. This is coming from the guy who's got a floppy disk porn cache. <laughs> hey, man. Moms couldn't afford the CDs. <laughs> <laughs> so remember those in-game rewards we mentioned earlier? We do. Oh, yeah. So developers claim that these were done to express Samus's femininity without sexually objectifying her. But go ahead and enter the Justin Bailey code while you're playing the OG Metroid. Justin Bailey, hockey player, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he? He's actually a golfer. I don't know anything about this Tesla guy. What team does he play for? <laughs> Anyways, if, if you do play the original Metroid game, go ahead and enter Justin Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, as your code, or beat the game in under an hour and then get back to us on that one, folks. A little surprise. Now, here's my whole thing with this. Um, your whole spiel? Yeah, my whole spiel. Obviously, Samus, badass woman in video games, right? Obviously. Breaking the mold because really there was no, um, you know, woman protagonist character except for arguably this alien sector game from Namco. Never heard of it. But yeah, you know, who played that? Um, so this was the first mainstream big one. And Nintendo gets a lot of flack, both good and bad. For doing this, a lot of people saying, you know, having her in a bikini and shit, they were like sexualizing her because she is in a bikini in the ending reveal scene, right? Spoiler alert. If if you beat the game fast enough. Yes. Yeah. Now, my whole spiel is these guys, Nintendo, all right, of course they're going to put Samus in a bikini because these guys are not in the market of women's rights. They're in the market of selling video games. And who's buying video games? Sweaty nerds. Yup. And what do they want to see? Hot chicks Sweaty that they chicks. are never going to go with. Yeah, they want to see manga, big boobs, big butts. Big eyes. Now, I get that in this day and age, um, we want to have more you know, strong women in uh, video games. Mm -hmm. And I think Nintendo did that very thing back in the 80s. Do you think it was an intentional thing? Or do you think it was like a guy like... <laughs> Drunk with his buddies. Guys, wouldn't it be a fucking mind blow? Couldn't we fuck with these guys? Well, we see, that's this? what I was wondering. Okay, I was yeah. wondering, like, do you think they were like some... What if a chick oh, what if it's a idea? chick? Well, it wasn't. We've got that verified. But... Um, verified. <laughs> now, I'm, again, I'm saying... Who came up with the idea that it was a girl? No, no, you're, you're making me lose my rant here. Um, yeah, you're being a dickhead. I think that, uh, you know, games and computers in general, actually, I was reading this article and listening to this whole podcast on this, like, tech in general was never marketed to young women. Mm. Like, computers were always marketed towards boys, 
Right. Which I, I mean, I don't know why. Maybe ask freaking IBM or Apple, the first people to like start putting out commercial computers for the home. Think about it though, like math and science. Yeah, towards the guys, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And they were saying like, so young women, especially in the eighties. I mean, this game came out in eighty six, um, and that was seen as like a boys' thing. So it was never really. I don't think they'd even took it into consideration that oh, we want to have. Uh, this be a chick so that chicks can play the game. I mm. think they just kind of threw it in there as a holy shit moment, <laughs> which then I think inadvertently led to girls being like, oh, hey, this is cool too. Like, let me play this. You know, we get tomboys like Mad Max and mm-hmm. shit. But yeah, that's what, again, goes back to my old thing. It was always like tomboys that played video games. You never really saw like no hot chicks back in the 80s were like, we're going to get on down to the arcade and and get that fucking Metroid high score. <laughs> and uh, that, anyways, in this article I was reading, which I could try to find and pull up for you guys, and uh, it was like a direct correlation between like games and tech in general being marketed to boys, and that's why you don't see many like women coders mm. or like... Uh, I mean, they're starting to pop up nowadays. That's a big but thing they back teach in, in schools now, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, like, that was not heard of. You didn't have, like, you know, you got, like, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, all these fucking influential guys in the tech world. It's a fret. It's a fraternity, man. Yeah, you don't really see, like, you don't see any, like, big women tech coders on the rise. But I think that's starting to change because they kind of realize this and realize, hey, you know, games is for everybody. Computers is for everybody. Hockey is for everybody. Yeah, and that's this my whole true. rant. <laughs> Justin Bailey. <laughs> God damn it. Now, all that aside, the Guinness Book of World Records Gamers Edition declared Samus as the first playable human female character in a mainstream video game, even though, as Ryan mentioned, Toby Masuyo or Kissy from Namco's Alien Sector, a side-scrolling arcade shooter game, technically pretty technically. technically. Now that's if we want to get technical. But I mean, who's played Alien Sector? I never even heard of it, man. <laughs> yeah. Pre- it predates Metroid by a year. <clears throat> As a woman in a male-dominated role, Samus has been widely considered a breakthrough for female characters in video games, but perhaps even more in general. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Aside from that whole other M, which we kind of just forget about. Uh, but yeah, Samus truly is, you know, she does, she's a superhero that doesn't rely on a man to save her, if you will. Femme de force. Femme de force. Like Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> she is. For a blue jean Peter Pan. Oh my God. So apart from the obvious nod to the film Alien. Which well, I, that wasn't obvious. That was our film series we're talking about that influenced it. So if you didn't know, yes, Ridley, named after Ridley Scott. Director. The, the whole Alien franchise had a huge influence on the Metroid universe. Which you can really see. Like these guys were huge Alien fans. And when they developed the game, it's similar to the movie. You know, you're moving through this maze, similar to the ship. Mm-hmm. You got Sigourney Weaver, badass, mm-hmm. fucking, with the fucking laser gun, blasting these fucking uh, xenomorphs, similar to Samus, fucking blasting the Metroids. Right, right, right. Yeah. And a pair of Reeboks, right? Yep, and in a dark ship, secluded, and the ship is like an organic entity. Oh, yeah. But besides, I mean... And she even bonds with one in the later series. Yeah, she even fucks them. 
I don't think that's uh, appropriate for Nintendo games. <laughs> well, yeah, they kind of had to cut that part out. <laughs> but aside from, I mean, you know, Alien, can you guys think of any other popular books, movies, et cetera, where we see a badass, strong female lead? And like you said, I know we're starting to see that a little more. Oh, yeah, definitely nowadays. more prominent nowadays. I mean, you've got the new Star Wars. you got Rey, yeah. Rey. Princess Leia. Oh, even Rose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Princess Leia, I think, was a uh, original one, precursor to mm. nowadays. I mean, yes, she still did, you know, go with Han and everything, and she was the princess they were saving, but she was still badass. She picked up a blaster. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, for more on that, check out our Star Wars episodes, three-part series. And a um, few I can think of, uh, basically, now this is a newer one. But I thought of this one was pretty good. The whole new season of Black Mirror, basically every episode has a strong female lead, but it's not like in your face. Like your whole beef with the Star Wars is that it's blatantly like we're doing this for the sake of doing this. Right. Hashtag right? me too, man. <laughs> yeah. Now Black Mirror, check that out. You don't really like think about it or realize it. Um, another big one growing up was Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah. Also originally a video game. That's right? true, man. Now, I remember that movie when it came out, and I thought that shit was badass. I was like, fuck yeah, fucking. Oh, it's also but, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, also it's very yeah, sexualized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very heavy sexualized. And even um, Resident Evil series. Right. I mean, she wasn't super sexualized in that series, but that shit was bad the so, fuck yeah. ass. What yeah. about Underworld? Yep, I That's do remember true. that. That was a game, right? Well, it and was a movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a movie first. Am I wrong? I don't know that. But... Badass vampire chick. True, true. Anything with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, mm. kicking ass and taking names. And Should've, she's in a lot of sci-fi. I feel like she would want to hang out with us. I feel like I would right? want to hang out with her. <laughs> I feel like though she's her she would be, be on this podcast. Yeah, she someday. would be the type of of chick that would want to hang out with us. Well, Scarlett, if you're out there, if you're listening, let us know. We'd love to get you on here. Now, also, how about Gone Girl? Is that just psychotic or is that a strong female lead? I mean, she kills all these guys and like manipulates them. That's yeah, the girl in teeth does that too, but we're <laughs> oh, not calling teeth. that a strong female oh. lead. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, so um, same thing, pretty much. Some some other media, <laughs> other media where uh, Metroid is seen. Um, we got characters and elements from the Metroid series uh, have made outside appearances in other mediums. Most notably, other Nintendo games, obviously, Legally. with uh, Super Smash Brothers franchise, which I'll kick both of your asses at at any time. Everybody any wants day. to be Samus. Is that your go-to? It used to be, just because. I mean, when you're an 11 year old boy, there was a rumor that when she got electrocuted, you could see her naked. Okay, so outline. you are solidifying that stereotype at the time. Yes, but now, <laughs> like when I play, I'm more of like a Captain Falcon or a Pikachu. What about you? I don't, I'm not a nerd, so. (laughs) He goes out on dates with girls. (laughs) Now, um, Mother Brain was primarily the villain in Captain N, the Game Master TV show, and various uh, comics. And I believe that, uh, Rob, were you reading some like storybooks based on the Metroid storyline? Yes, and I believe they are called Manga. Is that right? Manga. 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 Or manga. <laughs> manga. Uh, yeah, so some of those based off the storyline. And in 2004, this is interesting. This is where things will get interesting. Hong Kong film director uh, John Woo 
you know, Mission Impossible 2, also a ton of other good movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, he acquired the uh, rights to produce and release a live action film, which I am surprised hasn't been made yet. And while, you know, they, uh, Nintendo was initially on board for this, you know, they were like totally like, yeah, let's do this. But they, they kind of hesitated due to the uh, failure of Super Mario Brothers, which have you guys seen? It's so bad, it's good, man. That's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like a cult right. classic and a novelty at this point. But you know, it lost $28 million. Did you know you can get it for five <laughs> bucks at Walmart? <laughs> so, well, well how, how about that? Let's get onto that now. Because a lot of stuff I was reading about the Metroid being made into a film, a lot of people said they didn't want it because basically any movie made any video game made into a movie has they, everybody says they've all been failures. Do now you guys you, think that's true? Now that you say that, do you think Tomb Raider was a failure? The '90s version. They're about to have a new one come out. Exactly. We'll see how that goes. Though. Well, do you think they was that a calculated move? Did they do that because the old one was successful? I mean, I liked the old one as a kid. Did you like the old one or did you like Angelina Jolie? I liked the old okay. one. I legitimately <laughs> okay. liked it. Right. I legitimately liked Angelina Jolie. See? I'm not going to lie. Both Which is pro- the that's probably point. the only reason I saw it was because he wanted to see like a glimpse of a nipple. And then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then coming from the guy that on. jumped out of his seat during Titanic when you see her tits. <laughs> oh, BS, dude. Hey, this same guy took me to see Mean Girls. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. The only reason you took me is because your date had an underage sister. Uh, how old were you at the time, bud? It doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Back onto the topic. School. Other video game, Mortal Kombat. We grew up on that. Did you think the movie sucked? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. I mean, <laughs> it was cool when I was <laughs> a kid. like the cool hardcore Mortal Kombat fans What about? Like that yeah, in comparison to the you game. You just said yes. it was your favorite video game of all yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> it's my favorite video game, but I'm going to be honest with you and tell you the movie sucks. Right. Dude, not, we used to I, play I that in the, the backyard. Point. We used to play Mortal Kombat. Yeah, there's I different there, in playing I bet there's it. home videos, and I would love <laughs> yeah. to see your guys' rendition. Paul Gothier, you <laughs> there's and me. Shout out, Kelsey. There's a difference in playing it out with your friends in the backyard when you're like 12 okay. years old. How about Silent Hill? It's um, a badass movie. Yeah, the I movie's thought. good. That game is scary as shit. Yeah. That might be one of the success, few oh, success. Slender Man, that's coming out soon. Uh, do you guys think it'll be good? I'm surprised that hasn't been made. It's going to be a gold jacket, green jacket for me, honestly. Yeah, you don't care? Resident Evil, bad the fuck ass. Badass. I remember sneaking uh, into see, the rated R one. When I, was I think the game was lad. better than the movie, though. Okay. And how about, well, Max Payne, we all know, monumental failure. Sucked. <laughs> so it sucked. But so, yeah. Um, back on that manga. Manga. Well, manga. Thank you. Uh, so they said that Metroid never got put into a movie because they didn't have enough backstory for it. Mm-hmm. But Papa did some research. Reading through this last night, there's two volumes that I found online. Maybe there's more. If there is, holler at our email. DM I believe us. there's only two. That was everything I read as well. So I'm going through this. There is a whole backstory. I mean, it came out in like the early 2000s, but still it's like you could definitely make a movie out of it. Maybe I, add and subtract some like cheesiness from the storybook. But Yeah. Ex- well, I think I don't think it was that there was no backstory. The issue here was that, I mean, they said they wanted to release this in 06. Um 
and they had you know writers on board, director on board, and basically when they were writing it, they were kind of asking Nintendo like, hey, what is Samus like? Like, what's her personality? What's her? How is she gonna be between scenes where she's not fighting? We know she's badass fighting, but what is she like this? You know, it doesn't really explore that because they wanted to focus on her origin story. And um, Nintendo was like, you know, we never really thought we never really thought about that kid. I didn't even get started. <laughs> we dropped out of high school and watched Fantasia a lot. But uh, yeah, they basically were like, you know, we never really thought about that, and um, they didn't feel comfortable with having the writers take that full burden so they would just kind of were like you know what let's go back to the drawing boards for this one table that we're going to put a pin in that circle back and it, it just never got made held up and um i mean i've definitely i would love to see that movie would be badass and i mean you could even i mean not to bite off star wars but i mean there's not a whole hell of a lot of a backstory for luke in the the first time we see that in the movie true i kind of had more like a rogue one feel when i was thinking about how they're gonna do this but yeah i see what you're saying yeah i mean i think the the issue is also like like uh a game is so long and you're not uh it's not like watching a movie it's different right like i mean i see and i think a lot about there. like there's a lot of games i would love to see turn into a movie but you can spend weeks playing a game like all the way through and trying you to convey fit a that movie into, a, into an hour, two hours, 45. Tops, yeah, 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 yeah. Otherwise, people start to lose their interest. So, again, if Samus isn't blowing shit up, like, what are we seeing, man? We're seeing. Yeah, but it could just be some ongoing BS, like all these superhero movies. Eh, that, that's true. Now, I think if they find a good balance, they can do it right. And discussing, um, who would you guys want to see? Uh, play samus if we're getting on this topic i do think ronda rousey would make a good one yes in a rolling stone article ronda rousey has suggested interest in playing samus said she loved growing up on she grew up on video games loved (laughs) Loved playing video games uh played pokemon as a kid was a huge metroid fan and would love to play samus now she has dipped her foot into acting as we know she's got that upcoming roadhouse coming out i thought you were talking about uh wwe well that too so what do you guys think badass ronda rousey a couple other others i've heard scarlett johansson oh yeah you'd want to see that i think see now i have ronda rousey in my head after reading the article I think Scarlett Johansson would be badass and like a good fit, but I also think and now I see like I have it in my head. I got the beauty, the beauty mark and everything. Help me with the name here. <laughs> this is like that song that he couldn't what? Out for what? two months. Emma Watson. El- Elisha Cuthbert. Oh, Elijah Cuthbert. Is that her name? Um, I don't think she really does. There you go. She doesn't really do much <laughs> acting anymore. Yeah, but I still think she would have the look down. Now. How about you, Rob? Anyone you want to see specifically play Samus? Uh, I heard another interest was Jennifer Lawrence. Ooh. Mm. Although I don't think she'd do as good of a job as a, say, Scarlett Johansson or Ronda Rousey. I feel like Ronda Rousey's already got the fight game down, though. (laughs) Not as of late. Oh. Oh, She's going to come here and kick our ass. (laughs) I had nothing to do with that, Ronda. We should have Holly Holm in there instead. Oh, Oh. come on, Ronda. We know we love you. Uh, Now, isn't... Here's a a theory. Amanda Nunez, is she going to be the next one? Could Joanna Young Jacek? 
Oof. Poland. Young Shout Polak. out. Now, here we go. Not blonde. Here's a theory hair. just for Adam. So, in the original Metroid, the reveal, Samus is a redhead. <laughs> right? Diamond in the rough. So, we would say, based on that knowledge, 86, oldest Metroid game, Samus is a redhead. So, her natural hair color is red. Correct? Based on that, yes. Now, she carries around her blaster on what hand? The left hand. No, is it on the right arm? It's okay. on her right arm. Okay. So she's got the blaster on her right arm. Oh. Now, which arm is free? That means her left hand, her probably dominant Dominant hand. hand. Left-handed, red Redhead. That is the ultimate diamond in the rough. And that's where Adam got the idea from subconsciously. Subcon- I, dude, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> yes, you were. If there are if there are any redheaded left-handed listeners out there, please get reach out to me at the podcast from outer space. I would love to take time to get to know you. Adam's got a really weird fetish. It's not a fetish. I'm just saying. Think of how rare it would be to find a redheaded left-handed girl. Now, speaking of that arm cannon, is there a just Google it this week? This week's just Google it. It's a fan-made robotic arm cannon. It's not the most exciting video, but it, I, I mean, it's interesting. And that's from the Metroid database. So check that out too. Um, it just got me thinking, you know, and I, we're not talking politics, but, you know, a certain president is talking about a space army. You know, is that how we're going to fight wars in the future? A whole okay, bunch of we're not getting political. No, no, but like, you know, are we going to have our own bounty hunters with arm cannons out in space someday? Who knows, I man? hope so. What about uh, Ender's Game? Harrison Ford, great book series. I'm just saying. You saw dude, the film? I fell asleep during the film. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I'm just saying, the book series is good. I am a big fan. But that, okay. that could be a future episode. Check it out. Get let us Give us your thoughts, yeah. your feedback. And there you have it, Metroid. So, you know, Samus, uh, one of the uh, progressive forefronts for females in video games. And, uh, you know, we'll probably do a poll on Instagram, but let us know who you'd like to see play Samus in an upcoming film. Or if you'd like to even see an upcoming film at all. Um, And, you know, if we did good on this one, let us know what other video games you'd like to see us cover. And, um, yeah, other than that, um, anything else uh, from you guys? Unbelievable. Obviously, we still got the stickers, so if you're interested in that, hit us up on podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com or get at us on Instagram. The IG is simply podcastfromouterspace. And coming soon, we got some patches coming in, and we do actually finally have some T-shirts in the works. It's not a joke. It's not a hoax. It's really coming so if you're interested in any of that, let us know. And if there's any, you know, improvements, anything you like, anything you don't like, holler at us, email, Instagram, you know the deal. Yep, feel free to five-star review us on iTunes, please. We love you guys. Um, thank you so much. Hopefully uh, this one didn't turn out uh, as a jumbled piece of shit. <laughs> and uh, also we, announcement, another announcement, um, We are going to be moving studios very soon. We are working on a new studio space, so um, bear with us while we get moved in there. Uh, We've got some really good episodes coming uh, coming up for you guys, so you know, stay tuned. And um, thank you guys so much. Stay safe out there, guys. So long, and thanks for all the fish.